0: Kentucky basketball did not play perfect defense in their win over Mississippi State, but it sure was a heck of a lot better than whatever they did against Texas A&M. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be recapping Kentucky basketball's 90-77 to win over the Mississippi State Bulldogs. A couple of free buckets there at the end for MSU to kind of push them past Uh, that 70-point mark uh, by a significant margin. But nonetheless, uh, I think overall, Kentucky played better defense in this one. We're going to break that down, talk about the individual performances, and then look ahead to see what's going on for UK on their schedule. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Want to remind everyone out there that we are free and available on all platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, Please subscribe to the show if you're listening on podcast. I would greatly appreciate it if you subscribed there as well. So let's go ahead and get into it. Kentucky 90, Mississippi State 77. This is not a bad Mississippi State team by no means. Their best uh, scorer, though, uh, Josh Hubbard was 1 of 11 uh, tonight's uh, Not impressive shooting numbers uh, from either team as a whole from beyond the arc, but uh, Josh Hubbard really struggled to get it going, 1 of 9, and that was kind of where... The story begins here for Kentucky basketball. Their defense, I think, in this one was better than what they showed against Texas A&M. And honestly, I think it may be their best defensive performance of the SEC slate, at least so far, through these first four games. Again, a couple of free points there towards the end uh, for Mississippi State to kind of trim into the lead. Uh, MSU outscored the Wildcats 48-43 in the second half overall. Just a really uh, not a great half uh, of basketball for Kentucky there But a dominant start, and that's kind of where I want to begin here today, is defensively Kentucky, while Mississippi State did make more threes than Kentucky, uh, they ended up shooting, I think, subpar numbers, at least relative to what we expect uh, from Kentucky basketball's defense. I was really impressed with how Kentucky handled across the board, minus Tolu Smith, how they handled the rest of Mississippi State's offense they did a really good job of closing the gap whenever guys wanted to drive and try and score at the rim something that Texas Am did essentially at will uh this past weekend it was I think a better effort uh, from the Wildcats and something interesting that uh that the broadcast noted about Kentucky's guard play so far uh this season is that both of their guards uh start uh, starting guard or excuse me both of their dominant point guards, in Rob Dillingham and DJ Wagner have struggled defensively. In fact, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they said that individually DJ Wagner's uh, opponent or defensive assignment scores, I think it's 62% uh, of the time whenever he puts a shot up off the floor, which is really, really bad. And that kind of helps us understand why DJ's plus minus has been so bad uh, so far this season is despite sometimes having good shooting numbers and playing overall, what looks like a good good game on offense. Defensively, he kind of lags behind. Rob Dillingham uh, at different times as well, struggles with the same thing. And at one point in this game, uh, DJ Wagner, I was watching the plus the plus minus here, had a plus minus of plus 17, and he finishes with just a plus minus of positive four. So I, I think it's the defense here uh, for DJ Wagner and for Kentucky's guards that has really held them back uh, over these past few games, and certainly at different points in this one, but you do have to uh, have to give credit to Kentucky and Wagner and various other players for stepping out and having a really solid performance in the first half. Just knocking down open shots, running the offense as we've seen it run uh, over these past, uh, gosh, the entire season, I guess. There's nothing really that changed uh, for Kentucky on offense tonight except for the fact that they just didn't shoot very well in the second half from three, two of nine from beyond the arc. Had some open looks too that were just not able to go down. DJ Wagner was one of two. Uh, uh, I believe in the first half finished the game 1 of 4 Rob Dillingham was 1 of 5 from 3 Reed Shepard was 2 of 5 Antonio Reeves who led all scores with 27 points was 2 of 5 from beyond the arc just not a great shooting performance uh, from the Kentucky Wildcats but overall they were able to control the paint a little bit better than I expected them to and then in turn they were able to actually score uh, a little bit more than I would have expected inside the painted area 44 points uh, from for Mississippi State came from that pain area. 38 points came from the Wildcats. I expected Mississippi State to dominate this a lot more. Had it not been for Tolu Smith, who had 26 points on 11 of 15 shooting himself, uh, I think they would have been a significantly less efficient team. If Tolu wasn't healthy for this one, if he was uh, scheduled to be back, because he, he did not played uh, almost the entire season up until a few weeks ago um, because of that surgery that he had uh, and then the recovery from that, I believe he was able to play at the beginning of SEC play. But point being, if he was not available for this one, this might have been a blowout. Like, this this might have been an extremely dominant Kentucky win uh, because Mississippi State's guards and their different wings just did not have the efficient shooting night that Kentucky did overall from from the floor. Uh, Guys like Antonio Reeves, who finished the game 8 of 12 from the floor. Trey Mitchell. 5 of 5 after having a couple of inefficient shooting nights. 15 points, made his only free uh 3, made his made all four free throws. Aaron Bradshaw as well, 5 of 8 from the floor, got a couple of nice dump off passes from Reed Shepard, who also finished the game with 16 points and four uh made field goals inside the arc, also had uh also had five of his uh, 16 points from the charity stripe. It was just a well-rounded effort. Just another well-rounded high-scoring effort from the Kentucky Wildcats where they kind of were able to hold things off in the first half, were able to dominate because of their transition offense, because of their aggressiveness getting to the hole, and sometimes some three-point shots weren't falling, but, man, it really did hurt MSU whenever they did. The Wildcats, by the way, finished the game shooting 7 of 23 uh, from three-point land, so not a great statistical performance from three as normally expected. But Kentucky was able to kind of control the paint area and control the mid-range, which is something that they have not been able to do over the past couple of seasons. I love this arsenal of guards that Kentucky has because they don't typically take a lot of dumb shots. In fact, the ball movement just kind of helps them create some space on uh, on some of these different shots that you may think are more difficult for, for other teams. But Kentucky's just simply... So talented that they're able to knock down some of these shots if you give them just a little bit of space. The broadcast made a note of that several times tonight where Mississippi State, if you leave the, if you leave guys like Reeves open, if you leave guys like Wagner or Rob Dillingham open off of screens, just a little bit, if you give them an inch, they're going to take it and they're going to cause problems. Even if they don't shoot the ball, they will drive and they will find somebody else open uh, for an outside shot. So props to Kentucky for just kind of playing the way that they play. Um, Mississippi State had the one-star player kind of dominate throughout the entire night. Nobody else was really able to get it going. Only one other uh, player scoring in double figures for the Bulldogs. And just feels like a, a, a typical Kentucky basketball win uh, here for the Wildcats. So I want to continue to talk about this one, talk about some of the other individual performances, and this one dive into what we saw out of the Cats tonight. Before I do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at LinkedIn. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows your success all depends on the team that you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster, and for free linkedin is not just another job board they have a vast network of more than a billion professionals which makes it the best place to hire and hiring is really easy when you have all of those quality candidates in fact it's so easy that 86 percent of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours that's why small businesses rate linkedin jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors linkedin also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats Might not have the time or resources to hire, but thankfully, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy over at LinkedIn. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That is linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, continuing along here on the Wednesday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Really appreciate you making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. My right, excuse me, my left contact, apparently don't know my left between my right. My left contact has been trying to kill me all afternoon, which is why you may see one of my eyes is bloodshot and the other is not. Nevertheless, we will prevail just like Kentucky did tonight, ninety to seventy-seven over Mississippi State. Wildcats improve to, I believe, thirteen and three on the season, three and one in SEC play. Cats desperately needed a rebound after whatever that performance was uh, at Texas A&M uh, this past weekend. Already got an update for you on the Kim Palm ratings. I want to talk a little bit about this, uh, this defense here, uh, for for just a second. So Kentucky tonight. I think played better defense when it comes to the eye test. I think they were more aggressive uh, closing out and making sure that there were not easy drives to the lane or into the lane, into the basket. I think they did a better job overall of just maintaining the pressure whenever they had pressure to apply. Created some turnovers, got out, ran the offense in the fast break. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Kentucky finished with, what, 15, 13 points uh, on the fast break had nine turnovers or committed or forced rather nine turnovers and gave up 77 points. And we've continued to come back to here on the show. The fact that Kentucky can be okay to decent in these defensive metrics, but they're never going to really take a massive step forward until they can start cutting down on these points that other teams are scoring. Because at the end of the day, we can talk all about these different analytics and these different big numbers, but the only thing that really matters at the end of the day is do you hold your opponent to less points than you score? And it's usually not a good sign if you cannot consistently hold them underneath 75 points per game, which Kentucky has not done that uh, this season, or excuse me, they've not done that since December 29th against Illinois State, where they couldn't even hold the Redbirds underneath 70 In fact, the last time the Wildcats held anybody underneath 70 points was against Penn on December 9th. Um, And if I'm not mistaken, that is one of, what, three times that Kentucky, four times that Kentucky has held an opponent underneath 70 points so far this season. Just not good defense from the Wildcats. And they dropped an adjusted defensive efficiency on Kim Palm from 55th to 61st after that performance against Mississippi State. And the eye test tells you, hey, they did a little bit of a better job. But the efficiency ratings apparently say otherwise. Kentucky did struggle in their rotations on three-point defense. Gosh, it was it I will say it was it was bad in the first half, um, Kentucky's inability to close out on three-point shots and just stay with their guys whenever the ball was reversed. It was really confusing to watch how Kentucky just still cannot get this down. And I was talking with Andrew Stefaniak, um, writer for Wildcats today, editor for Wildcats today uh, over at SI, writer alongside myself. And we're going to have him on the show. Uh, Actually, tomorrow to talk a little bit about this. Kentucky's defense in college basketball, basketball as a whole, defense is about effort. Defense is about between your ears what you are committed to do on that end of the floor. And I think Kentucky at some point sometimes does lack the effort and sometimes lacks the fortitude to kind of stay with the game plan on D if things start to break down a little bit. Jimmy Dykes, I think color analyst for for SEC Network, talked a little bit about this tonight on the broadcast. Kentucky's guards sometimes open their hips a little too, a little too often to allow these drives and allow these things at the rim to happen. They sometimes get a little bit out of focus. It's not necessarily about the effort. It's about the fact that there are just mental lapses with what you're supposed to do on that end of the floor and uh, guys have been able to take advantage of it. Guards, excuse me, have been able to take advantage of it so far this season, and it's been incredibly frustrating to watch because you know these guys are so talented. You know that guys like Wagner, guys like uh, Rob Dillingham have the ability to play their hearts out, and they do, night in and night out. It's just sometimes things don't click as quickly as you would like them to on the defensive end, and I think part of that is the youth. Part of that is the inexperience. Would a, with an would an older squad allow Kentucky to play better defense this season? Probably. There would be a little bit of a give and take here as Kentucky wouldn't probably be, probably be nearly as good on offense, which, by the way, Wildcats rising to fourth in the country in adjusted offensive efficiency, which allowed Kentucky as a whole to uh, rise to number 16 in the Kim Palm rating. So uh, I think Kentucky can be better here. I really do. I really do think that they can step up, and they can play better than they have. But holy cow, uh, sometimes there are just some lapses that you don't normally see from championship teams, and I don't mean national championship teams, I mean conference championship teams. I said this on a recent episode. We're going to get Andrew Stefaniak's thoughts on this tomorrow. I don't think that Kentucky can win the SEC with the way that they're playing defense right now. Even tonight, while it was better from my perspective, I, I still don't think Kentucky's quite there on the defensive end. And I don't really know what they're going to do to change it other than just focus. I think that that's really that's really the only thing that I can tell as far as their inability to prevent these open shots and prevent these drives to the rim at times is there's just a lack of focus, not necessarily energy, just a lack of 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 focus here. So curious to see what happens with Kentucky. Obviously this was a pretty Uh, I wouldn't say easy matchup because Mississippi State is a very good team, but I think it's a little bit of an easier team to play because of their lack of ability on the offensive end of the floor. Um, But Kentucky's still able to get it done. Props to Antonio Reeves for uh, playing really well in this game despite um, uh, just an average shooting night, I think, from beyond the arc. Eight of 12 from the floor as a whole. Just been a great season so far for Reeves who just continues to score so quietly at times. There was one point... (laughs) There was one point in the second half where uh, Reeves hits a free throw, and Tom Hart, the play-by-play analyst uh, on the on the broadcast, just casually goes, and now Reeves has 26, and then goes back to whatever he was, he was talking about. It's just so casual sometimes with the way that Antonio Reeves scores the basketball, also had four rebounds, three assists in this game. Rob Dillingham, four rebounds, four assists. Reed Shepard, nine points, six assists also led the team in plus minus at plus 21, Rob Dillingham at plus 18 and the plus minus and an Ariel Bradshaw third best at plus 10 in the plus minus. Also props to Bradshaw who didn't hit either of his two three-point shots that were one of them was pretty open, um but 11 points and six rebounds uh, from from a guy that's kind of stepped in here thrown into the vi- the fire after not really being able to play uh because of that injury. Uh, is impressive Uh, I think we've seen good things out of Bradshaw and when Mitchell and him are clicking and they're both scoring in double figures um, this team can be really really difficult to stop because of their ability to score uh, with their guards on the outside so I want to continue to talk a little bit here about what Kentucky's got coming up they got a stretch of games here where I think they can capitalize before we dive into that though I want to tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. The NFL regular season has officially wrapped up. It's playoff time. I don't know if you've seen some of the playoff games. A little bit uh, a little bit mundane and a little bit uh, uninteresting, but now that we're getting to some of these real-time matchups, you need to head over to FanDuel, America's number 1 sports book because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets Win or lose. The app is super easy to use. There's so many different ways to bet on the playoffs right now, like live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab they've got on their app. They've got a parlay hub where you can search all of the different popular parlays and check them out and more on top of that. So you need to visit fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. That is FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Today's episode is also brought to you by Jace Medical. Sometimes we come to sports to just kind of escape from life, escape from some of the crazy realities that we see day in and day out. But can we talk for just a second about preparing for real life? Because according to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics right in the middle of the worst flu season and over a decade, and I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than one of my loved ones got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from getting the life-saving medication that they needed. But thankfully, we will all be okay because of Jace Medical, because they provide the Jace case, which is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, among others. The stuff could happen to literally any of us you can visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at the fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. You can go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. Again, jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E, medical.com. Use offer code LOCKEDON to and get 20 bucks off of your order. All right, wrapping up the Wednesday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Kentucky victors over the Mississippi State Bulldogs, 90-77. A couple of free baskets there to push MSU to 77. I thought it was a better defensive effort up until the first portion of the second half and then uh, the final couple of minutes of the second half where Kentucky had the game in hand and then things just kind of got out of hand on the defensive end, which is to be expected yeah, at times, but... Kentucky dropping in defensive efficiency on Ken Palm, rising in offensive efficiency. UK has managed to score at least ninety points, and I believe five out of their last six contests, dating all the way back to the Louisville game. The offense is just hard to stop, and when you look ahead to these next few games, Kentucky's got an opportunity, I think, to score on some of these teams that they're gonna that they're gonna be facing off against. Starting with the Georgia Bulldogs, that's going to be happening this weekend. Georgia better on defense than they are on offense, but the defense uh, not quite elite. South Carolina uh, uh, worse than Kentucky on defense. Statistically, Arkansas, the worst defensive group out of these four these four games. Then Florida also struggling on defense, gave up 87 points in Gainesville uh, for that SEC opener against the Cats just a couple of weeks ago. So Mississippi State uh, loses tonight. Kentucky starts this uh, what could be a winning streak uh, tonight. And Rupp... Georgia, South Carolina on the road, Arkansas on the road, and then Florida at home. I do not want to discount how difficult it is to win away from home in the SEC, in college basketball, uh, for that matter. And South Carolina is a solid squad. Georgia is a solid squad. Arkansas struggling, but did get a win over Texas A&M. And how about Tyrese Radford and Wade Taylor shooting uh, pretty poorly uh, against the Razorbacks and the, the the Hogs winning by one in that one. Sometimes you just are on the bad receiving end of just a, a game where uh, teams play their heart out, and Kentucky consistently sees that, I guess. But uh, and then the Gators, uh, probably the best team out of this four, out of these uh, four here, uh, could give Kentucky a run for their money in Rupp. So it's still though Kentucky's projected win all of these games. Uh, their lowest chance to win. Actually, is on the road at South Carolina. They got a 64% chance to win this one, according to Ken Palm. I mean, right now, I'm thinking Florida, or excuse me, Kentucky wins all four of these. Right now, I think Kentucky's able to stretch this one out to 18-3, and three, uh, possibly. So, we'll keep tabs on it. Kentucky's got some momentum now that they've kind of rebounded from that A&M loss. Let's see if they can cruise here, beat teams that they are supposed to beat. Don't fall uh, prey to any upsets. And then face off against Tennessee on February third. I make it sound easy. It's not that easy. Um, but at least the metrics think that Kentucky's got a legitimate shot to to make the push here. So we will see what happens. And that's gonna do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hey, you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance underscore, and you can follow the show on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave those in the YouTube comments below. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked on Kentucky. Have a great rest of your day, and God bless.